I'm Jack Moylan, and you're listening to Let's Talk Business, a podcast geared towards young professionals served with a side of witty commentary. At Lutz, we rally around the mantra, make light, meaning be lighthearted, illuminate solutions, and create energy. We hope this episode will do just that. Let's make the complex simple. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Business. Today, I'm really excited. We're talking about developing a growth mindset. I'm sure we'll get into some really fun and interesting topics, but here with me is President and CEO of Leadership Resources, Boyd Ober. Boyd, if you don't mind, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, Leadership Resources, and why we're talking to you today about a growth mindset? Well, appreciate it, Jack. Appreciate being on the show today. Um, thank you and Lutz for all you do for the community. I'm looking forward to having this conversation today. So in, regarding what we're doing here today, obviously, we're talking about growth mindset. And I think it's one of the most important topics out there in terms of how to, how leaders can really make their most impact. But uh, before we go too far into that, you asked a little bit about myself. Tell me what you want to know. You know what I really want to know is what you like to do. We could talk about education and past jobs and all that, but I mean, if you could, if you had no constraints in terms of time or resources, what would you spend all your time doing? <laughs> I get to do that. Yeah. I get to do that every day. No, the reality is I love that question because the the boring stuff that you talk about is what you've done in the past, the background, those type of things. So if you want to know about me, if first and foremost, it starts with my background and my family. So I'm a, I'm a Nebraska kid, Jack. I grew up in Northeast Nebraska, blessed to still have mom and dad with me and my in-laws are with us. So, you know, I'm 57 and to have all my parents, both my in-laws and my parents with me, that's, that's heart and soul, right? Been married for 33 years. Megan has actually joined a firm here a few months ago and working with us here. And then I've got three kids, two in Omaha and one in Lincoln, all fully employed and watching them succeed. That's the best thing about life right there is to sure. see your kids succeed. That's exciting. You know, some point in the future, obviously, you want to have a family, but that's one thing I've I've really enjoyed. It, it makes me feel very, I just feel fortunate to be able to, to, to show my folks and, and go and hang out with my folks, see my folks again. Very fortunate they're, they're still around and, and, you know, they're, they're together. So anytime I spend with them is great, but to see them be proud of me and my siblings is, is, is a great thing. Yeah. And then when you feel it yourself, when you watch your kids succeed, that hits you at home. And to watch your kids do things, you know, and go out in the community and grow and develop and be, uh, be productive members of society, that's a blessing in itself. You know, you asked about leadership resources as well, Jack. We started, I started this firm 18 years ago. And, and the reality is I came from a business background where you know, I'd spent my time, I spent a little bit of time in federal government. I've got a master's in econ. And so I got a lot of stats background. And then I spent a little bit of time in federal government, but I got into a, a company that really gave me an opportunity to experience business in a lot of different ways. And I always tell people I was in the right place at the right time because I was able to change roles and responsibilities about every seven months for about 10 years. And then one day, one of my clients called me up and said, hey, he was leaving his job and happened to be my largest client. And he said, the big news is we want you to come with us. And that was at the height of 1999 when the tech boom was just going crazy. And this happened to be in a tech sector. So I actually made that big leap, moved from a great career over to something else that I really didn't know a lot about. And wow, did that open my eyes to another world as well. But a few years later, tragically, 9-11 happened. And all the world changed at that point. 
And it was about that time that I got introduced to this world of leadership development, strategic development, and really took a swing at things. And in 2003, launched Leadership Resources. And it's it's just been a great journey thus uh, thus far to really work with a lot of unbelievable companies, in, mainly in the Midwest. We are reaching out beyond that now with clients around the country, but mainly in the Midwest, helping them grow and develop their leaders as well as helping them with a transformational experience over their company. Sounds like you took a bit of a risk with your career. And that's something I always find really interesting yeah. and consistent. I mean, you can read about it in all kinds of books and articles, 10 ways to be a leader, you know, 15 ways to succeed in your career. But one thing that's consistent is risk tolerance, right? And, and being willing to make changes that you're not really comfortable with. And I'm sure that's going to fit perfectly into a growth mindset in a way. It really does. I mean, that that whole risk tolerance is a, a big thing we see with leaders all the time. The reality is there's no simple formula for being a great, great leader. We are such complex creatures mm-hmm. and we're the only species that really can tell a story, right? And make up a story. And one of my clients, I, it was interesting, I was talking to him the other day about something. He goes, he was telling me this concept about humans being able to tell a story and create value out of different things. We happen to be talking about cryptocurrency. And he said, why would cryptocurrency really be worth anything? And I said, tell me more. He says, okay, think about it this way. Humans make up stories about everything and value of everything. Think about yourself. If you went into a jungle and there there was a monkey sitting in a tree and this monkey had a banana and you brought in a whole bunch of bananas and you tried to get that one banana from that monkey by bribing them with a bunch of bananas, would the monkey take that banana? And like you, not a chance. That monkey's not giving up that one banana. But if you walked in and said to you and said, Jack, hey, you got $10 in front of you, I'm gonna give you $1,000, you would take it. Even though the paper it's printed on is worth the same amount of money, but we create this valuation. And that's what humans do. We've got this whole complex mindset that we deal with. And that's why developing leaders in a growth mindset is really much more complex than just saying it's a simple formula. Have you read the book Sapiens by chance? I have not. I've so, heard about it. I have not pulled it up yet. You, you, well, you got to. It's a great book. My boss, Scott Kroger, actually recommended it to me. And so I'm about 65% of the way through or so. And that's one of the one of the main topics, or at least one of the many topics they talk about is that one of the incredibly unique things about humans is that we have this idea of mythology that we can pass on, right? And that's a different, entirely different level of experience that separates us from other animals in the animal world. So I just, I think that's incredibly interesting to bring that up, you know, today. So if we go back to leadership resources, if you don't mind, I'm just a little more curious about what it is you guys offer in terms of services. Okay. I appreciate that. So we focus first and foremost Everything's focused around what we call a remarkable experience. We want to be remarkable with everything we do. So when we're we're talking to somebody, they, we want them to have a remarkable experience with us. So it all focuses around that. And then it's driven by our five core values. So we have five core values that we want to, you know, one of my favorite is, in favorite inside is get shit done. And yeah. I know I'm not supposed to say that on the air, so I apologize about that. But podcast can get away with anything, can't you? Okay, <laughs> yeah. so that's one of them. And and the other, you know, a couple of them is, you know, authentic communication. I always say, you know, authentic communication is really about driving powerful relationships with each other. So it's about providing the positives 
it's about providing the challenges as well. But a third one is loving what we do. And loving what we do really comes into what our core offerings are. So one of our core offerings is a strategic service. We help a lot of organizations with their strategic and operational direction. So it's one thing to have a great strategy, but the more important thing is to have operational excellence. So that's what our strategic advisors bring to play in that side of our business is helping companies come up with a strategy of where they want to go, refine it, but also get operational excellence. The second area is in the area of leadership development, providing a transformational process of continuous development for leaders at all levels within an organization. So whether you're a mid-level manager or a director or a vice president, how do you go to that next level of success in your role as a leader? And that's what we provide the coaching and development associated with that. And we do that all entwined with an accountability engine to help them see and feel their progress along the way. Sure. That's fantastic. I was going to say, because I looked a little bit, I saw the, you know, the leadership, accelerate leadership program, the success chain, things like that. So I'm sure we can save we could maybe save this for another conversation for us to have because I'm still incredibly interested, you know, in, into the details because I, I think it's, it starts at the top, right? Everything does in a sense. And I mean, you know, if you want your, if you want your folks to, to exude those values or those beliefs that you have as an organization, you got to really, really, I guess, carry those every single day as leaders. So you do. Um, yeah. One of my great mentors a few years ago, Jack talked to me about, core values and having a culture. So we were talking about this whole thing. And I said, tell me more about your culture and why it's so important. How do you get there? And he said, no, first and foremost, every company has a culture. We all have one, whether we want one or not, we all have a culture. But he said, the most important thing about a culture is if you really want it to shine and be a shining example in your community and in business, it has to be intentional. I said, tell me more about what you mean by that. He said, well, when you're thinking about, you use this analogy, and I use it a lot in terms of when you're going out on a vacation, you're going out on a trip, you pick a destination, right? You want to, you go, you say, I'm going to go somewhere. And then you map out how to get there. And the same thing goes in place with an organization. If you don't know where you're going to go, you're going to end up somewhere anyway. But wouldn't it be more fun, more rewarding, more enriching if you think about where you want to go and you actually take intentional actions and behaviors to get there? And that's what we mean by an intentional culture and a strategy to get there. And it's not just about culture. It's about everything and entwined in that in terms of the marketing and the operations and the products. But where are we going and why are we going there? Well, that, that hits home significantly because I, I, one thing when I have, you know, personal conversations with whether it's mentors or leaders that I interact with consistently at work or friends or family, I, I think back to when I was in, you know, in middle school and high school and growing up and, and maybe not having as much of an intentional direction with my life. I remember my dad consistently telling me, what do you want your life to look like? And then figure out the steps you need to take to make it happen. And I mean, it's, it's it starts with the individual, of course, wanting that and doing that. And then to your point, it's it's no different with the organization. 
Yeah, I, I think, you know, you look at it, you know, did a little bit of research on your background, you know, with a degree in supply chain management. That's the same thing. You think about the fundamentals you put in place for supply chain management, be a good manufacturer and have that whole line of sight in place. It's probably a little easier when it's a product than it is when it's a whole company. But that's one of my mentors, when he talked to me about being really intentional about those things, you can lay them out. And then the other piece of that's so important, Jack, is you can make corrective action a lot easier. If you don't know where you're going, it's hard to correct on the fly. Right. So if we know where we're going, we can do some correction when we get a little bit off path. Right. Life's a journey. We don't always know where exactly we're going to end up. Right. Well, I think to your point, strategically, it's great to have a destination that you want to get to being okay with the destination potentially changing, but also understanding that some of the, some of, if not most of the experience is actually the journey of getting there. Right. right? So you get into these different perspectives as w- of what am I aiming for? And, and you could get wrapped up into a lot of the different philosophies, I suppose. But to your point, Show up every day, I think, and, and try and exude excellence, and, and you'll enjoy it. Yeah, there's a lot of noise out in our world right now. You can you can pretty much go online and get overwhelmed with the amount of information available on how to do things. You find out the more you get to know me, there's not a there's not a ten step program on how to conduct life or a five step program. I mean, I think that makes it maybe that was right for that person that wrote it but we're all wired so much differently. We all have different DNA. Yeah, there's some great best practices. And I think that's part of the journey and you know, this topic today about growth mindset. It's about having that mindset of what if, why not? How could we? What could be the results of that if we went about it that way and being open to change? I think the, you know, when I first got into business and along the way that the whole world had changed, Change was a word that a lot of people feared. And I think the more we get into a, a growth mindset, change is a thing that we should you know, welcome and say, that's, that's going to make me better. But that's hard to do sometimes, right? Because we all flip in and out of this protection mode to desire mode, right? And we flip back and forth. Well. You know, you mentioned it. Let's get into it. What, yeah. you know, what is the concept? Can you explain the concept of a growth mindset and, you know, exactly what that means to you and what that should mean to other people a little bit? Yeah, I think, you know, there's a, there's been a lot of, Carol Dworak um, actually wrote a lot about this in terms of a growth mindset established in a growth mindset. It's a difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And the reality is no one person is 100% one way or the other all the time. We all have little different things and we flip back and forth. And the fixed growth mindset is more of a spectrum than it is a, you are a fixed mindset person versus a growth. And it really comes from that standpoint of that ability to manage your mind in terms of, instead of going down the path of, we can't change, that person's maxed out their potential, I'm not good at this. Some of the things that we are self-talk, you know, when we we get into a situation, you know, if I'm playing golf and I maybe had a couple, three bad shots in a row, it's hard to get into that next shot and say, it's going to work, but you really got to work on your mindset. And that's why the best of the world, they might hit a bad shot, 
But the next shot, they're able to talk themselves out of that and work into more of a growth mindset, which is what if I go back to what I know and I do it the right way? And what if I attack this problem with courage? What could be the great results that come out of it? And so it's looking for the opportunities and challenging your mind to get in that moment of what if versus why I can't. Sure. You mentioned that no one truly is ever fixed in one way or the other. And we, we, we go back and forth. And I think that's tough for a lot of people to come to terms with because we're born into a, a mindset of, of being told, you know, find your values and stick to them. This is who you are. This is how you behave. And I don't know why. And I may butcher this in terms of, of math concepts, but, you know, it's like you're always approaching zero, but you never will get exactly to zero. Right. It's it's your and is that a calculus? That's a calculus concept, I, I believe, in, in understanding limits. But you never really hit that destination dead on. And oh, I'm finally here. This is where I'm going to be forever. We're just kind of maybe minimizing the the mistakes or or finding where you know our direction truly needs to be. So I think that's a a really important thing in my mind for people to keep in mind. Yeah, that it's okay to change your perspective on things. Yeah, life is not math. Right. There's a lot of math in life, but life is not math and or statistics, however you want to look at it. But I think, you know, that, you know, when you look at a, let me use an analogy of a game. I think one of the reasons why we as humans like sports so much, there's a winner and a loser. Now, it's painful sometimes when your team loses and sometimes when they lose on a regular basis is even more painful. But the whole concept of a game, it's black and white. It's a finish. And while there may be quarters, there may be halves and those type of things or innings, whatever you want to have, we do know that it will end and we'll know whether we won or lost. The difference in life is there's no finite. It's an infinite game until God takes you home. So you got this infinite game of a series of journeys and a series of opportunities. And if we get too fixed on where I've been told I should play, what I've been told I can do, when you grow up, well, let's use basketball as an example. You're five foot two. You should be a gymnast versus a, a basketball player. Well, that's not necessarily true. You know, I might be the best ball handler in the world at five foot two and be great at. But when we limit our mind and say, I can't do this because I've been told I can't, that puts us in a fixed attitude or fixed mindset. And now we have to break those barriers out to say, no, I'm on a journey. I may be five foot two today, but I may grow tomorrow. I may do something more tomorrow. I may be able to overcome my limitations by focusing on my other talents and my other behaviors and practice more. And that's really the thing that I think sets a lot of people back is it is work sometimes to overcome our perceived limitations. But at the end of the day, some of the greatest successes in the world have come from people that said, hmm, I don't have to say I can't do that. My background, quite frankly, Jack, is not in this business. My background has nothing to do with this. I've got a stats degree, right? right? Why am I in the business of human development and strategic? 
because I have a passion for it. I had to study it a lot to get there. And I had to, I had to overcome some obstacles. My first client, when I was doing strategic planning for a client, the first one I ever did strategic planning for back in 2004, the CEO got so mad during the process. We were challenging people to come up with ideas. He got so mad during the process. He stood up from his desk or the, the table walked to the door, opened the door, walked out and slammed the door shut. That's my first one. Mad at you? He's mad at me, man. He's mad at me. This process stinks. That's not his exact words, but he was frustrated. He was mad. And I said to the group, I said, it's okay. Let him go. And let's just keep working on it. We kept working on different ideas and working on ideas. About 30 minutes later, we took a break. I met him in the hallway and I said, hey, Help me understand. Tell me more. What's frustrating? And his, his words were, and this long time ago, he goes, I already know all the answers. Why do we got to go through this process of getting other people to come up with it? I said, well, I want you to think about this. You can tell them what to do. How bought in are they when you tell them? Versus when you work together to come up with the idea so it's part of theirs, mm-hmm. how much more bought in will they be? And give him credit. He goes, I get it. Came back in. We had a great session. But that fear of failure, I had to get around that scared part of it. And by the way, I'm I'm not perfect in this. There's times that I've got fixed mindset, right? But I had to get around that fear and go ahead and let it happen and say, I got a growth mindset. Trust the process. Let's keep going. Let's move forward. And we will get past that to the next journey. That's a really consistent mindset and lesson I think from things I've heard over you know the last few years or since I've been in the professional setting I mean I just I was just at lunch the other day with my boss and he said he told me a story about how his first job he told his boss he said you pay me what I'm worth and if I don't do a good job you can fire me right obviously that's the point but him coming out and saying that was just showing his willingness to figure it out no matter what it took and to grow in the process of, of getting better at his job and understanding it. So, I mean, it's a, there's a part of me that really believes in stoicism in a sense, because of the fact that I think there's a ton to take from suffering, but there's also some undue suffering that you don't have to experience. Right? It, it turns into masochism at a, at a, at a point, but no, that's, that's fantastic. I, I think, you know, I guess I'm curious, what are some ways that you've been able to, implement a growth mindset because whether intentional or unintentional how have you found you know what techniques or tactics have you used to 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 develop yeah to personally or in the in the business i'll talk personally for a little bit yeah i yeah personally if that's okay i I think it's important to uh, you think about it from a standpoint nobody has all the answers right you know to say that you have all the answers is just inappropriate. And we all learn from each and every person we're involved with. And, you know, one of the key things when when you look at this, you, you mentioned earlier the success chain. You said something about that. That's something we've used throughout our development process. But what I do know, Jack, is that we all have a past and we all have different experiences those past experiences that past conditioning leads us to how we think 
So one of the things that I want to do, not only in my profession, but in my life, is enter into a conversation from a standpoint of openness, that people, I believe internally, that people come into conversations, people go to work, people go into life with a desire for good, for greatness, right? I don't believe anybody who goes to a job and wants to fail, but I also know that past condition and experience impacts how we think. That's what we call our habit of thought, our mindset. And that mindset, how we think, causes us to act in a certain way. So when we see somebody act in a way that we don't want or we don't like, as leaders, I think it's important to have the mindset to go back and say, tell me more. Help me understand. So go back to that that story of strategic planning. It was important to say, help me understand. Tell me what was frustrating for you before just getting mad and leaving, right? So one of the things that I really look to do is check my mindset at the door. And it doesn't always work. We are humans and we get triggered and I get triggered. And sometimes you just go off. We're competitive creatures. So what I want to do is always check my mind if I can, if I can remember that. So take a breath. When something doesn't go the way I want it to go, take a breath and ask a question. Tell me more. Help me understand. That's one little one. The other one that I have deployed is surrounding myself with some really good mentors and some coaches. Now, I'm in the business of that. You know, We're in the business of coaching and development. But right now, I'm deploying three coaches. I always like to tell people I'm kind of a mess, so I need a lot of help. That's really not, not, not the case. When I got into this business, I learned the power of having an outside voice challenge how I'm thinking. And I think anytime you're running a company, it can be kind of lonely and you, you can get in your own mind a lot. So having that outside voice, whether it's mentors, whether it's peers, I'm part of a peer group, having a place to really express your ideas and thoughts, not from a whining and moaning standpoint, that doesn't help. It's more from a standpoint of, here's what I'm thinking, help me understand more. How have you been intentional about that? Or have you been intentional about that? Because I think, you know, to myself, at, at, at 26 years old, I've got all these things that I want to do. I want to enjoy my life outside of work, which I do a great job of. I really, I really <laughs> <laughs> right? I, Tell I, me more, Jack. Well, I've got great friends and, and we all like to socialize and, you know, in, in, indulge and, you know, eat well and drink well and enjoy each other's company, which I think yeah. is important. But also my family, too. You know, so I, I've, I've thought about wanting to be more intentional about how I spend that time. Yep. Also, being more intentional about how I pick up new skills and talents within the work setting. Yep. But then another piece of that or another layer is is mentors and peers and being intentional about seeking external perspectives. And it's hard to figure out which ones to be intentional with, right? Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a philosophy is less is more. Mm-hmm. And... You know, one of the things you talked about being intentional about things, wanting to spend more time with your kids, I think there's a balancing act. And, you know, they talk about balanced life, and that's that's a matter of perspective as well. I might, you know, at some point, I might work 15 hours a week or a day or a week, you know, whatever it means. 
And say, some people might say, well, you're out of balance. Well, not necessarily. I might be in balance for what I want. So how do you know what you want? This goes back to that old analogy of taking a trip. Have you ever sat down and wrote down in the key areas of your life, your job, your family, your financial, your health? What are some key things that you want to accomplish in a year? When I got into this business, I mistakenly thought everybody was a goal setter. People set goals. That's really far from the truth. A lot of people have aspirations. They have New Year's resolutions. But the whole idea of goal setting is really hard for people for, I think, a couple primary reasons. One is they worry about it not being good enough and not being clear. They don't know what they really want. So on that one, I, I always say start with just brainstorming. What would it look like when? And start writing down some things you might want to accomplish. And when you brainstorm, you don't have to be perfect. So now you can pick out what you want. The other part about it is not worrying about having to change it. So many people think when they write it, it has to be perfect. And having done this for so long, I know the first time I write something down, it's rarely perfect. It might be in the right direction. So having a growth or open mindset of saying, you know what? When I wrote that down, it wasn't exactly what I wanted. I'm going to go ahead and change that a little bit. Maybe I wanted to be a certain target weight. Well, reality was that wasn't in the scope of things, in the time frame. So change it. Allow yourself to continue to work on it. So that, that's a big one. And then from the standpoint of perseverance, I think one of the big things in goal setting when you can do is tell somebody about it. So I'll take you back. I think it was 2007. I was out running. I was starting to do a little running. And I was probably training for a couple months. I had in the back of my mind what I thought I might want to do. And one day my neighbor said, what are you doing all this running for? Are you training for something? And before I could think about it, I said I was training for a marathon. And now I had, I had accountability. I had somebody that I spoke this to. So now I had accountability. So I think it's important when you're setting goals in different areas of your life to have an accountability partner for the most important areas. Maybe not for everything, but for those most important areas. And then less is more. There's a lot of life to live. I would rather accomplish my one most important thing than not accomplish five things that I try to do. So work on most important. The less is more thing is, is difficult when you when you value a lot of different things. But one thing in terms of discipline that I've always, or that I think is, is really true, there's, I don't know if you know Jocko Willink. Have you heard of him? You bet. Yeah, so his- He's I, got I, that just, voice, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's intimidating to listen to. Absolutely. I'll tell you, I wouldn't have argued with him. <laughs> no, uh-uh, not at all. But I, I, I was gifted his book this last winter, Discipline Equals Freedom. And I think that there's something really, really unique in that perspective that, you know, the idea of being disciplined seems boring and seems like you're actually a slave to the discipline. But once you become disciplined, your mindset, it allows you to, to accomplish so many other things and, and affords you so much more freedom. And and I think that that fits in really well with developing a growth mindset and, and, and adjusting the story of what's the story that you tell yourself every day, right? You mentioned that earlier, the 
the idea that we have these these things that are that have you know built us into who we are and what we are what we think we are and it may not be who we are that creates our story maybe it's our story we tell ourselves that creates ourselves right and so it's called affirmations affirmation yeah absolutely Yeah. yeah So you know, I'm glad you went there because it's such a fun thing. And Jocko, amazing dude, you know, obviously great success and great story. You know, when we start telling us our, ourselves our stories, yeah. those are affirmations. We got to paint a picture for what we want. So early on in this business, you know, I think we maybe had three or four people on the team, maybe a few more. I don't remember exactly. But you know, when you start the business, you feel like you can do everything and you feel like you can do it well. And being a little, little bit of a type A personality, you know, you, you want to do it and you want to do it remarkable, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I decided, you know, the only way we were going to grow is if I started releasing and started delegating. And the reality is I knew deep down inside the people that we had hired were smarter they were better. They could, they could do it better, but I just wasn't releasing. So I came up with this affirmation. And, it, and the affirmation was, I delegate because I want it done right. I delegate because I want it done right. So the key things in that is I, I had to own it, delegate in a positive way because I want it done right, a positive outcome. And I would walk around the office and I would say that over and over and over again. I delegate because I want it done right. And to the point where I, you know, it just became a habit. Now, there's times I still struggle delegating, but I'm pretty good at it today. And I know that we're so much better because the talent that we've hired actually gets to do things that they are so good at because I need to release for them. Well, that's interesting because that that, that is so counterintuitive to the reasons that we don't delegate, right? A lot of us don't delegate because we want it done right. Yeah. I don't have the confidence or the trust in my team that yeah. I it needs to be done this certain way, especially going back to being a type A personality. But, but then again, wait a minute, I, I for sure need to give it up because then I know they can take care of it. I know it'll be yeah. done the right way. So that's an interesting, that's a good, that's a great story to tell yourself. It's the primary difference between a fixed and a growth mindset. And the reason why most of those things break and same thing with new year's resolutions. One, we forget them. The second reason is let's say I delegate something and it doesn't work as well. What do you do? Well, a fixed mindset takes it back. A growth mindset, you go in and you work with that person to say, okay, what did what did I not communicate right? How can I help you do this better? What can we do to make sure this is a success? Why? Again, back to my fundamental belief, people come to work because they want to succeed. They want to do it right. So if you pull something away that you delegate it, A, they don't think they're important yet anymore type of thing. And B, you've demonstrated that you don't trust them. Mm-hmm. And you want to trust because when you trust and develop them up, give them that safe zone, be vulnerable with them, give them the safe zone to grow because everybody's made mistakes, it's going to happen. They're ultimately going to do it better than you. There's no way Amazon or Berkshire or any of these companies have got to the size they are Lutz if somebody doesn't delegate. You can't do everything. You can only empower people to do more for you. 
Well, and the idea of empowering someone or helping them if they don't accomplish it the way that it needs to be accomplished or successfully are able to do something that's been delegated to them, in my mind, it's kind of treating them as, as if you would, how you would treat yourself, right? If, if you trust your team and you feel like you're all one, you know, it, you feel like that person accomplishing that task is you accomplishing that task. So what would I do if I were failing? I would figure out how to accomplish that task successfully. So I need to help them accomplish that task successfully. Yeah. And that, that's a, that's another definition of freedom. You talked about a definition of freedom through discipline earlier. You know, I, I talk a lot of times with people. I'm not a financial planner, but, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki is one of my favorite books. Okay. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they talk about financial freedom in there. When you have enough reoccurring income from other sources, that's a version of freedom. It's financial freedom. Well, that's the same type of thing in your job. When you have freedom from a standpoint, other people are doing all the things that you used to do. That's a freedom to go off and do something else from a standpoint of growing even more. And that's entering things from a growth mindset versus fixed. And that's a, it's a critical aspect of trusting. Now you still got to train and develop. Mm -hmm. That's an important factor. And remember that we all made mistakes along the way. I've made more mistakes than my team ever has along the way. It's trial and error. In the same sense, you got to trust that they're there to do it right. Along the lines of failure and trial and error and perseverance as well, I listened to a podcast recently that I thought was incredible in the sense that it really changed the way I look at habit forming or failure in a similar sense. And yeah. one of the concepts was if you change the way that you look at failure to in the tune of let's let's take smoking cigarettes for example let's say your goal is to quit smoking cigarettes by july and you go one week or no let's say you go a whole month and you don't smoke cigarettes but then you smoke that next day be all right with it in the sense that you're okay with starting over tomorrow right and let's say you smoke cigarettes then for the next week we'll start over next week or even if it takes you a month to start over, that's fine. As long as the increment between the times that you start over or retry shrinks, it's going to get to the point where you're doing it daily, right? You're starting, you're, start, you're trying again and again and being okay with that failure. And it's, and next thing you know, you aren't, you aren't smoking, right? Great make, analogy. Or, sorry, make that increment between them greater. Yeah. Great analogy. Paul J. Meyer once said, Failure is only final when you quit. If you think about that from that standpoint, failure is only final when you quit. If you give up on smoking and start back at that point, you actually quit on your discipline. Going back to that word you said earlier, you know, discipline allows you to overcome those things. We're not perfect creatures. We are going to fail along the way, but it's only final when we quit. So keep persevering. It's, you know, back when I did the radio show in 08, 09, one of the common themes that I saw with all these great leaders that we interviewed, 100 plus leaders over two years, weekly shows, they all had this incredible level of discipline, self-discipline. Now, that was something they had to develop over life because they all admitted sometimes as they were growing up along the way, they made failures, but they had to have discipline to overcome it whether it was in physical fitness, mental fitness, 
family fitness, whatever it is. We all make mistakes. It's just a matter. Let's get back on the horse and ride it again. Absolutely. Have you ever read the book Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl? I have not. That's another one I think you have to read, especially from the perspective of mindset. He tells his story of experiencing the Holocaust uh, okay. in Nazi Germany. And it really, then he gets into his his logotherapy method in terms of psychology. But, but his story, he breaks out instances where it's purely a mindset. And one of the ideas is he who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. And so it, it kind of goes back to what you were saying about knowing what you want it to look like, what you want your organization to look like, what you right. want your goal to be. And that becomes your why. You can deal with any of the mishaps in between. Yeah. yeah. And I think that goes back to Jack. You know, we talked earlier. Life is a journey. It's an infinite game. If it was a finite game, it's a lot easier. Okay. We, uh, we start and stop and we know we did it. Right. Yeah. You can break your journey up into series of little things. And, you know, we call that the S curve, you know, a J curve and change and those type of things. We have to be really careful in this world, both for those people that we work with, to be too overbearing and too demanding for perfection. Because perfection means that we didn't make a mistake. We may have a perfect record, but we still had a bad play. It goes back to the Remember the Titans movie, if you remember that one. And we had a perfect season, but we've made mistakes along the way. That's okay. We just can't, we can't be overbearing about mistakes because that, that stymies people. That makes them go back in that fixed mindset. What did we learn from it? That's a growth mindset. What did we learn from it? There's things I've said on this podcast today. I'm sure you guys hopefully go back and edit out. So, you know, because they might not be, they're not inaccurate. It's just, Maybe we stumbled over a couple of words and stuff. That's a mistake. That's just being real, right? Right. But let's not get caught up in it and stop the show at that point. Absolutely, yeah. There's definitely a greater destination, a bigger goal. Well, anything else that you want to leave the audience with? Any resources that you guys have that you'd like to let them know what they are, where they can find them? You bet. I did put some things together. You, you asked a couple of things there in terms of different resources and things like that. I would challenge your listeners, your audience to think about what they're investing in themselves. You know, one of the things that I think about is, are you investing in yourself? Not just somebody else, but are you investing? And I'm going to say three, 10% of your income in yourself. You are the greatest asset you will ever have the ability to touch. You have more upside potential than anything else that you will ever touch, whether it's Bitcoin or whether it's gold or whether it's a dollar bill, whatever it is, you personally have an unlimited upside. Okay, so invest in yourself, believe in yourself, have that growth mindset. So that's one thing I would leave with them, okay? The other is from a standpoint of, I have this plaque on my wall, it's called the essence of destiny. And I'm gonna read this real quick, Jack, for you, but it says, watch your thoughts for they become your words. Choose your words, for they become your actions. Understand your actions, for they become your habits. Study habits, for they will become your character. And develop your character, for it becomes your destiny. And the reason I brought that up, my man, is you talked about destiny. 
And as a leader, what do we want our destiny to be? And we should want our destiny, in my opinion, to be that of growth. How are we helping? Jeff Bezos said it in his CEO letter, his last CEO letter, you should bring in, you should have a multiplier factor of your value that you produce for your input. Always be somebody that produces more value than takes away. And that's a growth mindset. So I will say to your listeners, we we put something on our website and I'll give you our website and then the link to it. But our website is the letters lrsuccess.com. That's lrsuccess.com. And then if you go backslash change your mindset, we actually put a link out there to a few different articles, podcasts, and things like that about mindset, growth mindset, opportunity for listeners to just go in and learn more about this subject because it will be the number one thing they can do to enhance their career over the next however many years they have it. Well, that's fantastic. I appreciate this conversation. I'd love to have another one, right? Sometimes. So let's do it. Yeah, you bet. Well, Boyd, Boyd with leadership resources, Boyd over again. Thanks so much. And you know, I had a blast talking to you. Hey, this is fun. Have an awesome day. Tell Brooke thank you. Yeah, you bet. We'll see ya. You've reached the end of another episode of Let's Talk Business. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on your podcast app, Spotify, or iTunes. Thanks for listening and don't forget to make light.